0: Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk
1: for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee and she is Tam. How are you, Miss
2: Tam? what it do renee what it do boo what it do kenny what it do boo (laughs) what's up with everybody
0: doing pretty
1: good
2: kenny what say you
0: i ain't doing too bad it actually just snowed out here in charlotte and all of a sudden it is sunny outside we got some of the most bipolar weather out here it's wild but doing all right though (laughs) how about you
2: bipolar weather is texas when I arrived to Texas, first of all, it was actually supposed to rain that was with the forecast, and closer to the race or closer to the weekend, the rain went away. Problem is the rain never came, but it was cold. When I say it was cold, it was cold like the South Pole cold. not that I've ever been to the South Pole, but I felt like I was there. It was so cold to the point where I could not function. When I arrived in Texas on Friday, the weather was nice. I arrived later in the day. So the sun was setting, but it was still daytime. And that's another thing, Renee, you just got back from Houston, from Texas. I feel like here, because the government is always messing with daylight savings and turning the clocks and all that, it's <laughs> dark here at seven o'clock. In Texas, it was still light at seven thirty, seven forty-five. Yeah, I
1: think maybe only because we're a little bit closer to the West Coast than
2: well, we are the West Coast, Renee. Well, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, exactly. But
1: I mean, like, like as far as like Texas, because we're we're right in the middle. So it's like we're not too late. We're not too early. We we, we get a little bit of the uh, early sunshine of the West Coast. Uh, but we also get a little bit of that cold weather from the East Coast, too, as well. So it's kind of like we get a little bit of both on because we're sitting right in the middle. But I'm glad that you were able to be out there and still have a little sunshine at that time because I hate, I don't know about you two guys, I hate when it's daylight savings time and it gets dark here on the West Coast like at five o'clock because then I'm just all thrown off.
2: Well, one of my bucket list travels, and I haven't talked about traveling in a while, but that's about to change because it's going to be lit this summer. I don't know how, I don't know where and when, but it's going to be lit. But what I was going to say is one of my goals is to go to Copenhagen, to Denmark, because it doesn't in, in Ulsa, Norway, because it does not get dark until like 12 o'clock midnight in the summer. Wow. And I am excited about experiencing that if it was up to me and I was in control of daylight savings and all that stuff, whatever you want to call it. And, and I'm not sure if you guys know, but some countries don't participate in daylight savings. But saying that to say, if I was in control, it would be light at 5:30 a.m. and it would get dark at 8:30 a.m. That to me is the perfect time. But needless to say, going back to Texas and the crazy weather. So when I arrived, it was I think five something. So I still had a little bit of daylight, and the weather was like a warm breeze. So it was pretty cool. You didn't really need a jacket per se. If you had on a sweatshirt, you was great. Oh my God, on Saturday. When I walked out the hotel, I was like, as the old folks would say, is this live or memorex? And for those that don't know that term, <laughs> That's that word. is a term based on, like, Kenny, you don't know that term?
0: You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I've actually never heard that term.
2: Okay. So is it live or memorex is a term that was coined and became very popular, if I'm not mistaken, because of a commercial For Memorex Tapes. Yeah. And you do not have any idea, I'm sure, what a tape is.
0: You still got (laughs) me lost.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, there was a tape company called
2: Memorex.
0: Oh, a cassette cassette tape. Like like a music cassette tape, right? Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right.
2: (laughs) Okay, and their slogan was, is it live or Memorex? As in Memorex Tapes. So that used to be popular way back in the day. People would say, Oh, is it live or Memorex? You guys that are of age, you probably know and are aware. Kenny is not of age. So he's like, What the hell is a tape? <laughs> let alone what is Memorex?
0: Look, I can't imagine getting the cassette tape nowadays. They might come well, back. You never know. It's
2: nostalgic. Some people have like those tape USB fake me out things. So they're really USB. Yeah thumb drives but they're in like disguised as like tapes. Here's the thing, I still have CDs and I'm actually looking at some right now as we speak. In fact, this will blow you guys' mind. I'm looking at a CD of myself from Exotic's Racing in Las Vegas where I believe I was driving Ferraris as well as Lamborghinis and they used a GoPro and attached it to the car and in the inside and outside. So it captured me behind the wheel. Now here's the thing. Clearly it wasn't that long ago because they used a GoPro, but it was long enough where they were still giving you the final product on a CD. Problem is I have all these CDs and I have no way of playing them, which is crazy. And I'm also looking at a CD I believe this is when I went to Pitt school in Charlotte, and then I'm looking at a Tribe Called Quest CD in the case. I can't bring myself to throw away a Tribe Called Quest CD, so that's why I have it. Okay, so that was a hashtag Tam's rant. Getting back to <laughs> Dallas really quick. It was cold, make a long story short. I didn't think I was going to be able to make it to the track on Sunday. I was like, if I don't get some gloves, it's off. I'm not going to the track. Luckily, my good friend, my best guy friend in the whole wide world lives in Dallas in the Fort Worth area. And he dropped me off a scarf and some gloves. And I was able to manage and see the race that was. Before we go in the top 10 and all that good stuff. Renee, I know you had a pretty wild weekend. It took you nine hours to drive from Vegas, which is bananas.
1: It's bananas. That was one of, it was the, I take that back. It was the worst drive I've ever had to Vegas and back from Vegas. It was, uh, it was horrendous. But, and needless to say, regardless without that, when I was in Vegas, uh, I had a good time. I had a couple of shows that I did and I got to hang out with some friends that I hadn't seen in a while. And uh, it was it was actually fantastic. It was just the drive there and the drive back that was just horrendous. But needless to say, I had a great time. And next time, note to self, just fly.
2: <laughs> did you hang out with the animal girl? <laughs> yes, I did. I hung out with Lacey, uh, as a matter of Lacey, fact. Lacey. Okay. Uh, forgive me for calling her the animal girl, but she has... Uh, what is it a dragon right. she
1: has a uh, bearded dragon and she has a uh, a a small turtle uh and she also has a chameleon uh that she
2: has and she also has cockroaches and crickets let's just right. keep it 100. home nope
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she they, you know the animals got to get fed some kind of way and then um you know and then on top of that she's got two dogs Maybe I was just too drunk to really um, think about the cockroaches, so I just passed out. When I woke up the next day, I quickly exited her apartment.
2: (laughs) Well, Kenny, please tell me your weekend didn't consist of cockroaches and crickets.
0: (laughs) Um, thank God, no.
1: (laughs) <laughs> I will
0: say that, but uh, my weekend was pretty solid. The weather out here was pretty nice. So on Saturday, I went to go test drive a Hyundai Genesis. That's a car I'm looking for. Hyundai Genesis. Oh, right cool. on. Yeah, so went to go try one of those out. It's a pretty cool car. Then I went out go-karting for a few hours. Then I went out to a bar, watched the games, watched the NCAA games. It was pretty fun. And that pretty much summed up my weekend. Went to church on Sunday, watched the race on Sunday too, and that was about it. How about you, Tam?
2: Well, I told you about my weekend. I was at the try. But speaking of automobiles, why didn't you test drive the Camaro?
0: I've drove a Camaro before, actually. I've drove a, I drove a 2017 one, actually. Since we're going to Talladega in a few weeks, that's the exact same pace car I drove, <laughs> and the Mustang too. I drove both of them. They're pretty cool. Pretty cool cars. Wow. I liked them.
2: Okay, you gave me all kind of thoughts popping in my mind. Back to my weekend really quick. This is not the TAMS podcast, but I do have a few little points that that I want to make. Cars, test driving. So while I was in Dallas, while well, I actually went to Dallas to hang out with Kelly Bluebook. Shout out to Weston as well as my friend Nicole from Cox Automotive. She always takes care of me. Weston and Nicole took care of me this weekend. And when I say took care of me, they took care of me. And what made me think about it, and I'm sorry that I actually forgot about it, was when we were talking about test driving. Nicole actually had a Camaro for us for the weekend, and we drove it to and from the hotel to the track. And Nicole is the best driver, although she peeled out in the Camaro because the Camaro has power. And she accidentally wasted my tea all over, as well as the other girl in the car with us. Her coffee wasted because wow, man, she put the foot to the floor Nicole there. hit the gas, and and but she didn't really floor it. But that yeah, Camaro has that much power.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, and my other thing is you mentioned pace lap. So Nicole actually Kelly Bluebook, Nicole and Kelly Bluebook. They hooked it up where we got an opportunity to do a hot lap around the Texas Motor Speedway. So that was actually pretty cool. And if you follow us on social, Instagram, as well as Twitter, our user is TurnsNoBreaks. You saw that I was hanging out with Chase Elliott yeah, for the weekend. So got a chance to... Hang out in his hauler and talk to him a bit and flick it up. Take some photos. Got a chance to talk to Scott, his interior mechanic. Is that the correct thing? Yeah. His correct title?
0: Yeah, I think that is it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because I the thing is, as long as I've been around NASCAR, that was actually my first time ever talking to an interior mechanic. Or kind of like an interior chief. And that was a quite interesting conversation. I posted a little bit of it on Twitter. I have more of it. Maybe I'll chop it up and make it a video or make it a written q and A. I haven't quite decided yet, but that was awesome. And when I tell you guys I've been around NASCAR for many years, I've talked to everybody from the crew chiefs to the Ford people to the sponsors, but I'd never got an opportunity to talk to someone on his level. And ironically, I also got an opportunity to chat with the guy who's in charge of the oil. And that was pretty interesting because we got a chance to see him work. And this may sound crazy, but I've actually made oil. I've been to Kentucky with Valvoline. And if you guys remember, Renee and I did some things with Valvoline year before last. Mm -hmm. And I've made oil there and I don't know if that sounds funny when I say I've made oil, but I've tested it and put it together and all that stuff. And I've also done the same in Houston with Shell. So call me the oil girl. I don't know. So I know a little bit about oil. I wish you had oil money. (laughs) Right? Well, you know what? So we went to dinner with Chase Elliott and his entire team, including Alan, his crew chief. People thought I was crazy. I kept saying after all these years, I finally figured out who Alan reminds me of. He reminds me of Adrian Brody. He doesn't look like him, but they have the same aura about themselves. Oh, wow. I I know that's random because nobody looks like Adrian Brody, but yeah. Nobody wants to look like
1: Adrian Brody. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so it was a
2: great time hanging out. Shout out to Carol, too, at Cox Automotive. She's a great host. I mean, in general, Kelly Blue Book is always a great host. And with that crew, I always get an opportunity to do things that I don't necessarily or would never necessarily have access to, even though I'm media. Sometimes there are just some things you don't have access to, including going in the haulers and chopping it up with the drivers and actually walking through inspection. And I got an opportunity to sit on top of the pit box. Just so happened when I walked up to the pit box and was sitting behind Alan is when Chase Elliott took the lead during the race. The crowd was cheering. That was pretty awesome. So yeah, so shout out to Kelly Blue Book. And without further ado, because I'm like, oh my God, I've talked 15 minutes and we've only been recording for 15 minutes. You guys want me to break down the top 10 as a refresher for Texas, and then we can jump into some NASCAR talk?
1: Sure, let's do it.
2: Okay. Let's go. Our top 10 from Texas. Denny Hamlin won the race. That's his second win of the year. Clint Boyer, my guy, came in second. I love Clint Boyer. He's a character. Daniel, as in Daniel Suarez, best finish ever. Stewart House Racing came in number three. Eric Jones, who, if I'm not mistaken, led a couple of laps, came in fourth. So that was great for the young guy. And guess who Jimmy came in Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson came in fifth. Now, ironically, I don't know if that was great or was it a letdown because he was on the pole. But either way, <laughs> hey, a top five finish for Hendrick right about now. That's, I don't want to use the word impressive, but at least things are shaping up and looking up. Yeah. William Byron, who started second, he came in sixth place. Eric Amarola, low key, Eric is just top 10 every week. He came in seventh, Kevin Harvick. I'm a little disappointed. He came in eighth, and I I know that sounds bad for me to be disappointed in Kevin Harvick, but I need a win from him. We're already headed into our eighth race of the season, and I know it sounds no so bizarre
1: that he does not have a win eight races into the season. It's so that is crazy.
2: Well, seven in, but going into well, the yeah. eighth, and yes, you're right. Kurt Busch came in ninth, and brother Kyle Busch came in tenth. Notables, Chase Elliott, who I picked to win because of course I knew I was going to be hanging out with him, but he started third. So why couldn't he have won? He came in 13th and Alex Bowman came in 18th. And that's not necessarily a notable, but I just mentioned that because we were talking about Hendrick. We got two Hendrick drivers in the top 10 and then the other two in the top 20. Larson. I just so happened was walking down pit road when Kyle Larson was coming in for his pit stop or whatever was going on. All I know is the tire was smoking and next thing I know, it was a lot of smoke. And just like that, I saw Kyle Larson get out his car and hop over pit the pit wall and was walking amongst us common folks. And believe it was Hermie, was pretty much behind him trying to interview him. And Kyle looked pissed, but he was he was okay. And then he just walked into the garage. I felt bad for him, but of course I had to get the video and I was there and Kenny, I sent the video to Kenny once I chopped it up really quick and edited it and then we posted it to our, well, actually, did we post it to Instagram or did we just post it to Twitter? Think we just posted it to Twitter, but it's there if you guys want to check it out. Clearly, there's the TV angle. It's on Twitter. But we're not the TV, and we weren't recording the actual track footage. We just so happened was behind the pit box. So our footage is a bit of a different angle. And last notable, I do want to break down your boys over at Penske. What happened at Penske? They were looking good. And then they weren't looking good. Logano came in 17. Brad came in 36. And I was standing right there, too, when his day was done. Okay, maybe I was the bad luck charm. But, (laughs) yeah, so his day was done. And then Blaney, I'm not quite sure what happened with Blaney. He came in 37. So not a good day for Penske.
0: He had some overheating issues.
2: Yep. What else has happened? So now that I've given you guys the top 10 and the notables, What do we need to talk about? Do you guys want to talk about? I just
1: want to give a shout out real quick to um, uh, a a couple of things here. I do want to praise uh, Denny Hamlin for having a very successful day yesterday. Uh, He was my alternative pick. I know that. I know this this sounds crazy, but when the season began, I want to say it was probably the very first podcast that we did to start the season going into Daytona. And I just remembered saying that, Tam. I want to say that you kind of agreed. And, and uh, it's funny how we both agreed that it was something about Denny Hamlin this year that he was going to have a, some kind of a comeback type of year this year. And and it, and it looks like it's kind of turning out that way, to really tell you the truth. I mean, he's got two wins already. And this is huge only because if you look at the last couple of years he's had, or several, he's never had such a, a good start in a while. And it's really good to see Denny Hamlin kind of really racing the way he is, seeing him racing the way he is, and having such a good start. It's not a start like Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick of last year or even Martin Trix Jr. But for Denny Hamlin, I think it's great. It's also great to see uh, Jimmy Johnson back in the top five. And going back to your question, Tam, about is this a good thing or a bad thing because he sat on the pole, I think it's still a good thing, even though he didn't win and he sat on the pole, to come in the top five. For Jimmy Johnson, this is huge. This is major. I don't know if this is going to be the one that will start him to get back to where he used to be, but it really is nice to see him back uh, in the top five. Uh, in, in just in general, I think it'll be good for him and his team going forward.
2: Yeah, Kenny, you want to add anything to that?
1: I might definitely say on on behalf of Denny Hamlin, he's definitely been in
0: a totally different a totally different area code than everybody else, and. And same with Gibbs and Penske as a whole. They've won yeah. every race so far. <laughs> they've combined and they've pretty much been in cruise control ever since. And I think it just adds more and more for Denny Hamlin's rep as he gets, as he gets along in the playoffs come later this season. Texas is a track he's going to have to go back into anyway. So I think it's good to see if they can pull off some data and figure out what they were doing right there. And, and if they are still in that same type of mentality going into the end of the season, That may be his um, benefit, so good win for Denny Hamlin for sure. Tough day for Penske, just like you guys mentioned. They had some issues. They had good cars, but things happened. Brad Keselowski had that tire go down. Blaney had the overheating issue. Logano just couldn't really find it. I don't know what was going on with him, but things like that happen sometimes. I think Texas itself was pretty solid, so shout out to Denny Hamlin for sure. And Jimmy Johnson as well coming in the top five. That's big for them, just like you said.
1: And, Kenny, the fact that Hamlin had two – he had two pit stop penalties and overcame two pit stop penalties to still uh, win that race, that shows you the kind of car he had. I mean, that
2: was a fast car. Yeah,
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think he
2: had Then he also, in addition to the two – or I think it was a total of three, Kenny, or was it two? Yeah, he had, yeah, he, he a he had two penalty?
0: penalties. Mm-hmm, two of them. He had two penalties it was and two. came back, yeah.
2: Just to add to that, like you said, Renee. Denny already has two wins. I picked him to win the championship this year. I said, this is that guy's year. I said that at the first podcast of the season. But just to throw some stats at you guys, there are three drivers that have two wins this season. Denny Hamlin has two, Kyle Busch has two, and Brad Keselowski has two. We've had seven races. The other driver with the other win is Joy Logano. In seven races, we've had four drivers win and three of those four have multiple wins that puts it in perspective what's going on this season and wanted to add one other thing and this was just some interesting stuff that I saw some stats I was thinking about Martin Truex Jr. we haven't said much about him at all this season I dug around and I think it was an article on NASCAR.com as well as racing reference and one or the other and it came up with these interesting stats. Martin Truex Jr. I'm not sure the actual move to Joe Gibbs racing is doing him good. Clearly there was the alliance and technically he was somewhat on Joe Gibbs racing anyway. But now that he's officially a driver, it hasn't been going well. His average start is 15.3 his average finish this season is 9.6 and he has zero wins and I'm not jumping the gun because we've only had seven races but when you think of Martin Truex Jr average start 15.3 average finish 9.6 that doesn't really match his name no that makes sense I get what
0: you're saying. I don't think
2: he's doing as
0: bad. I think it's just that he hasn't won yet. He's sitting at seventh in the points right now. He's got two top fives. He's got five top tens. He's only got one DNF so far. And I think that's where the 15 point, whatever it was average comes in because of that DNF. But I think he's doing okay for a guy who is on a brand new team. I know he was, a, I know basically they were a satellite team when it was furniture row, but at the same time, I think that's gonna take a little bit more time to marinate with a brand new team, brand new facility. Cause you gotta think about it. Coming from such a small team where that organization was maybe 20, 30 thirty-something people going to an organization where you have almost four or five hundred people working working on your team, it's a it's a change. It's definitely a change of pace. So again, I think this may be something that will change throughout the summer periods because it seems like all the time the guys you're looking at in this In the early portion of the season, like spring, come midsummer, some of those guys are on fire. So I think Martin Truex will be fine. He's, again, in the playoffs right now if they end it today. So I think it may be okay. I don't think it's a panic mode, like you said. It's it's way too early. But I think he's okay, to me, at least.
2: If nothing else, maybe he'll get it together when next season comes. Just not looking good this season so far. But again. Maybe this is just conversation because it's all of seven races. We got 29 more races to go. So. It's just yeah. all in conversation just so we can have some something to talk about. Not that we ever run out of anything to talk about with NASCAR, but I think NASCAR people in general, we seem to talk about the same old stuff like the schedule, qualifying, the package. And, of course, does anybody want to add anything to one of those three topics since I brought them up? <laughs>
0: um the package
2: 2020 schedule came out i'm not sure if we talked about it on the last podcast or did it come out after we posted i do recall talking about it a little bit on the podcast and a little bit oh actually on the podcast last week as well as the twitter chat we talked about the possibilities of the schedule so it was the day before the schedule actually came out what we do know to be true is that we are having a doubleheader at Pocono but there have been some other changes in the sense that the Miami will no longer be the finale now we're doing Arizona as in Phoenix for the finale and what else is going on or if you guys obviously everybody knows what's going on but if you guys want to share your thoughts did you agree with the schedule disagree, don't care, (laughs) what?
1: It's not that I don't particularly care. I just don't mind. Um, I'm okay with, you know, maybe shaking things up a little bit. Uh, Let's do something different, I guess. Uh, I don't think this is necessarily NASCAR trying to fix something that's broke kind of thing, but I don't mind seeing a little shakeup here and there with the schedule. I'm okay with it. How about you, Ken?
0: I think it's cool. Honestly, I really do think this is about much as you're going to be able to do with this schedule and I gotta give them credit for making some big changes like where we have Bristol in the playoffs, which I'm really excited about. The Southern 500 is going to open up the playoffs in 2020 as well. And that's huge. And matter of fact, that lineup goes as Darlington. That's on Labor Day weekend. You go to Richmond, you go to Bristol, then you go to Vegas and you and so forth. So I think it's a pretty solid deal that they did. Um, I'm a little, I'm not too happy completely on ism being the season finale i feel like homestead itself was just the aura of that track and just what it is as it is it's probably the best mile and a half track that we have on the schedule currently due to the fact that drivers have to be able to work multiple grooves there's different ways to get around the racetrack essentially whoever can really take advantage of those like a for example if it was kyle larson He could run the top better than anybody else there at that track for the most part. So that would be his advantage Or somebody might be able to run the bottom like a Logano or Kevin Harvick, for example. So I thought Homestead was it, but maybe a change at ISM, maybe something different. I don't think it's a bad track. I think it's put on some decent races so far. Wasn't the biggest fan of the spring race itself, so I hope that may change. But other than that, I think they've pretty much nailed it and got just about everything they could out of it before. 2021, once the tracks get, once the tracks contracts are actually up and then we don't know what will happen from then. But I do hope that they continue to make those type of changes to really make moves like that, because that's what people have wanted for a long time.
1: I don't care what sport it is. I don't care if it's NASCAR, baseball, basketball, football. Who doesn't want to end your season in Miami? Anything in Miami.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. I (laughs) I understand that.
1: I know most of the guys in NASCAR are are married with children, but man, I mean, just in Miami to end your season and anything, I would like to end this podcast in Miami.
2: (laughs) 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 Well, let me ask you guys this. Thoughts on the opener being in Daytona and then immediately coming to the West Coast. Should they have gone from Daytona to Miami and then to the West Coast? Nah. for the West Coast swing?
0: I think going straight to the West is actually a good idea. I'm really for that. I've been for that for a while. Not necessarily Las Vegas being the opener to go out West. I do hope in 2021, instead of doing that, I'd rather them go to Sonoma right off the bat instead of going to Las Vegas first. Because I feel like that would be a really Uh. good track to go. Because, I mean, think about Sonoma. In the wintertime, Sonoma is green in the wintertime. I think we will be it's a cool It's cold set. in
2: Sonoma in the wintertime, no? You think it's at, as
0: cold as it would be maybe in, like, when they used to go to Atlanta? Like, Atlanta used to yes. be real cold.
2: I don't know. Yes, because here's what you failed to realize even as people who live in California, sometimes we forget that damn Bay Area is cold. It's chilly. Ah,
0: yeah, yeah. You it's go beyond that. chilly. That's true.
2: And then two, I I don't...
0: I just feel like it's a good track to go to.
2: But see, I don't think I agree with going from a super speedway to a road course. I think you have to break it up and get some mile and a half track, then start to go into your road courses and your short tracks and that kind of stuff. I think going from a Daytona to an intermediate track kind of ease you into the season it's fine. Okay, that's an
0: interesting point.
2: Not Daytona, then a road course. Nah. it's
0: an, it, I mean, they used to do it differently. It, Daytona until 82, if I'm not mistaken. Daytona used to be the second race on the schedule. The Daytona 500 was the second Then also out again in California at Riverside, which is now, now a mall. They used to open the season out in Riverside, then came to Daytona, which I, I don't think that's going to happen, obviously, but I do still think that that should be maybe considered an idea. I was just reading here that in February, on average in Sonoma, it's a, a record, I'm mean, not a record average, average about 63 degrees. I don't think that's that bad. I
2: don't, I don't know. 63 degrees. It's degree a unpredictable. It, it is unpredictable.
0: Weather is unpredictable. Of course, you know, we could get a full weekend of, of rain in Daytona for all we care, you know, but you just never know, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, I'm not for it. and it has nothing to do with me not liking road courses i'm just not for (laughs) it okay it's just a coincidence qualifying was a hot topic clint boyer sounded off i don't know what's going on with qualifying is it time to go back to single car what do you think kenny renee anybody i don't have the answers here's Um, the thing like i read one comment or they said that it was obviously i'm paraphrasing that it was a s-h-i-t show but they couldn't t- take their eyes off of it yeah. so it's a catch-22 yeah it was
1: i would to be honest with you i would agree with that comment i don't know about you kenny but uh, i kind of agree with that you know it, it definitely is a SHIT show but uh for some reason it's just like maybe it's just because we're nascar fans and we're just just used to just watching it anyway it just like I, i'm just watching it and just just to watch it it's hard to explain but i totally get what the, the commenter is commenting about
0: yeah, I mean I can understand a hundred percent watching that for these last uh, two and a half weeks or so where we except for Martinsville, where we had a deal in Auto Club and then we had the same kind of deal in Texas where it kinda became that type of a show. But the thing about it is and this is gonna sound crazy to most people, but Single car qualifying in terms of like TV numbers and everything was doing well as it's on its own. You know, I'm not saying it's a million something people watching, but a good 300, 400,000 people on average would watch qualifying each, each time there was a session when it was still single, single car qualifying. The numbers have actually dipped down for group qualifying. I'm not sure. I really don't think that has anything to do with the fact that that's happened twice so far, but I think the simplicity of qualifying just might as well just go back to what it was. I don't think it's going to make it any better if it's in group qualifying or it's going to be just cars going out on single, single lap. I don't think it's going to make a difference. And here's where the biggest thing that people kind of get lost in. It's not going to save teams money. It's not going to make a difference. The gag is they're going to still be spending the same amount of money to get the cars right, to get the parts right, just for qualifying. It isn't going to change. They're still doing the same exact thing. So it wasn't going to save a dollar. And if it's really what fans don't like, I don't think I don't see any harm in just going to that. It's not going to make a a huge deal. It doesn't make a huge deal out of my weekend and and pretty sure most people's weekends. Some people don't even watch qualifying. That's another thing. Some people don't. I mean, I'll ask you two. How often do you watch qualifying? Really? Not very often.
1: Not very often at all. I don't know about you,
2: Tam. I actually watch it every week, but I just think it's by (laughs) default and by schedule I have my days where I don't watch any TV. I go to the gym every morning for the most part. But like on Mondays, I don't go out the house. Tuesdays, I go to the gym. Then I go to the beach. Wednesdays, you know, blah, blah, blah. But on Fridays, I actually have a weekly call for a class that, well, the class is actually over, but we have kind of like a community call that's ongoing. So I'm already at home. That's pretty much why I guess I watch qualifying. But I guess my thoughts on qualifying, I don't really care one way or the other, which I'm indifferent about. But I feel like if they're going to do group qualifying, the best way to fix it is probably just to change the time and give drivers less, you know, allot them less time to get the lap done. Then that way they won't be BSing and they'll just get the lap done. But, you know, I don't know everything. Those are just my thoughts. Who knows? I just say well, let them run,
0: get the time done, get it over with. It, it It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a damn show, like it doesn't. <laughs>
2: Before we go into predictions, two things: we didn't do our NASCAR talk on Twitter chat this week because I was in transit, Renee was in transit, Kenny was working, whatever. It just it was nobody actually to hold the Twitter chat, but. There was an interesting article that popped up that has people upset, has a few people talking, has NASCAR world buzzing a bit. Your girl, Jenna Fryer, people love to hate her. No comment one way or the other on how I feel because it doesn't matter because (laughs) the fans love to hate her. She wrote an article. Title of the article, and this is on the Associate Press, which is probably syndicated on a few other things because her articles on AP are usually syndicated. It says, column, boogity, 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 Fox Sports Needs a Change. She says, it starts with Daryl Waltrip, who is nearing retirement after a 19-season TV career. Article, eh, kind of one of those things where it's basically like, get out the door. Daryl Waltrip. I feel bad one way or the other that the article was written. We all joke. We watch TV. DW says things that we may or may not be able to relate to, but at the end of the day, he is a legend in the sport. I have my own thoughts on it. I'm not going to go into my thoughts, but I will just say that I am a strong believer in Sometimes you let things play out and not that you don't have a comment, but your comment is not always needed at times. So that's all I'm going to say on that because I don't need to say anything else because NASCAR fans, they always got something to say. So I'm just going to read a few comments out (laughs) off and then if you guys want to chime in with your opinions, great. If not, totally get it. And then after that, we can move on to some predictions. Let's just pick three or four comments at random. First comment, ma'am, I don't know you. This is a reply to Jenna. I keep wanting to say Jenna Cutcher because there's somebody who I follow named Jenna Cutcher. But this is a reply to Jenna Fryer's tweet about the article. This person's username is Concrete38581. They replied to her and said, ma'am, I don't know you and vice versa. So this comes from a longtime NASCAR fan. Yes, the fans have changed. The medium to connect with those fans has also changed. The competition itself has changed and so on and so forth. But you have sincerely disrespected a man here. His thing, it seems as if it wasn't about DW being a legend, a NASCAR staple. It was about the man himself. And this user... From the way I'm reading the comment, felt as if Jenna disrespected DW as a man. Yeah. Here's another comment again, just picking these at random. And and these comments have fifty, a hundred, a hundred and fifty likes. So clearly other NASCAR fans feel some type of way and possibly agree. This commenter, user Rob Merrill ninety two, he replies to Jenna and says, I can't believe this article in any way hints at Mike Joy having run his course along with Daryl Waltrip. Now, Mike Joy is also on the broadcast with DW. Robert goes on to say, I can absolutely understand that it's time that DW retires, but Mike Joy is still an incredible announcer who brings such professionalism to the booth. I hope he never leaves. So that guy was pretty pretty strong in his thought. Yeah. Here's another one. Thank you for saying what so many of us are thinking. I respect DW and the history of the sport, but it is time to put someone in the booth with Jeff that is a little more relevant today. That's polar opposite. And I will read two more. And actually, let me expand this tweet because this person actually added Jeff Gluck into the tweet, but I don't see where gluck added a comment maybe i'm just overlooking it but this person is dustin mcgrew and his user is dmc grew he responds to jenna and says i know dw is pretty polarizing but i really do not like people piling on him like this it's extremely unnecessary and leans towards disrespectful you're bashing a man that has dedicated his entire life to NASCAR and is nearing the end of his TV career. Have an ounce of respect. And you guys want me to read one more? Are you over it? Well, I think we got the point.
0: <laughs> I would like to comment about it, though. Just in regards to the whole thing with DW, Like, I do wholeheartedly understand why people have said, I guess, like in terms of the... Out of touch thing. I get that. The last time he was full time on a cup car was, I think, 2000. So I, I get where people are saying that part, but I think there is a fine line between wanting change because of that and being disrespectful. I think there is a big time difference. I don't think you carry on the conversation about DW just because you may not like some of his antics. I know he's probably not the sharpest at the moment. And again, I wish people would give him more credit. Because I've and again I've criticized him myself, but at the same time, what I do know and I'm sure you know as well, Tan, from being around him as well, he does have a really good good way of, of storytelling. His storytelling is out of this world. He's a really good storyteller, and at a time he was a really sharp broadcaster. When they brought him on in CBS, and I believe that was 2000, when they brought him on originally, he was really great. And it was literally just a prime position when he walked into the role again in 2001 when Fox had their first debut of, of NASCAR coverage. He was a perfect fit at the time. He's done great over the years. He, he gives his insight. He has some wacky moments. Don't get me wrong. We know. We laugh at him, too. And I just think that, yeah, maybe it might be time, but I just don't think this is the way to conduct that message to others because it's already enough negative and negative information out there. On the internet, and the way people treat other people, and the way they say things on the internet, yet they won't say them in real life, and that doesn't add to that. We don't need to take that type of opinion and plaster it to like hundreds of thousands of people, mind you, not with the Associated Press. I don't think you need to do it that way. I think there's a fair way to say maybe there's time for a change. Maybe a guy like Kevin Harvick can replace him. If you said it like that, I don't think there's a problem. But when you chastise this man for who he is and just how he kind of has developed himself over the years I don't think that's correct that's just my take because I'd be damned if someone did that to me
2: yeah exactly because we're all gonna get old I do want to comment on you your comment about DW being an incredible storyteller I've talked about it on the podcast I haven't probably in a couple of years but when I first got into this sport I was fortunate enough to hang out with DW I think I have probably even posted a photo but He actually told me and a group of of us, uh, it was a very small group. We were hanging out at his shop in um, North Carolina. And he told us the entire story about the day Del Sr. died. And I was captivated. And as someone who specializes in running my mouth, it was at that moment where I understood why he got the name Jaws. Because the man can talk. But he is a... (laughs) very excellent storyteller. And wow. again, this was probably about 7 years ago maybe, but he's an amazing storyteller. Now, what I would like to see personally, maybe it is time for him to get out the booth, but it's not my call. I don't want to see him not affiliated. I would like to see him doing more sit-down conversations with drivers because I think that element is missing. Maybe have DW special assignment Where he goes out, kind of like I don't want to go on, but remember they did this to Pam Oliver from Fox. Yeah, the internet hated her hair. Uh, They hated the woman's hair, and they and Fox got rid of her. But then they ended up bringing her back because Pam Oliver is an OG in the game, and Pam knows her stuff. Yeah, she does. But it's again, I feel like it's the same situation with DW. Yeah, you
1: know, I, I wanted to add on what exactly what you were talking about, because it was going exactly through my mind. I was specifically thinking about Pam Oliver herself, but, because I thought that was a great addition of what you just said. But I was thinking about football itself. If they could if they could, kind of bring DW into a, a role like that of just having a sit down, like with drivers, I think he would be fantastic at doing that. Like bring in a driver, uh, have the featured driver of the week, have him come in have DW interview them, sit down, talk about things, uh, whether it's personal or on the track, off the track, something like that. I think DW would be fantastic. And going back to what, what you said, Tam, as well, now it's not my call or, or it's not anybody's call. I mean, obviously, NASCAR and, and uh, the networks are going to have to make that call. But I am a big believer in that sometimes you just let things just run its course especially when it comes to a guy like DW, who has dedicated his life to NASCAR. And I think you just kind of respect the man in a sense of of just letting it go and not maybe like letting it go to the point where it's like okay so then when do we come in and step in well then that's y'all's call and that's why you're the network and that's why you're the one that's going to have to deal with it when the time comes so i don't think that dw would take it in a sense of like what's the word i'm looking for uh as uh a disrespect thing i think maybe if you would just come come at him in a sense of like listen we're going to shake things up d w we're going to have you start doing this, kind of like Pam Oliver. I think he would be okay with that. We just said it. The guy likes to talk. I like to talk. I'm a comedian for crying out loud. I am a storyteller, and when I get on stage, that's what I do. I love to tell you stories. I love you to bring you into my world and let you hear things from my point of view and I think d w would be fantastic with that, but that is the world we live in now, where we live in this world of social media, and social media has a lot to do with that, so that's why you're going to get a lot of comments from a lot of people who normally wouldn't have a voice. If social media wasn't around back when he came in in 2000, but now that social media is on a completely different level, this is why you get the comments that you're getting right now.
2: Exactly. I couldn't have said it better. i 100% agree with you, Kenny, and I 100% agree with Renee. It is a different era. Social is really driving this. Do we like DW? We don't like <laughs> exactly. DW situation. I mean I can add a few other things and there was actually one other comment that I did want to read but I think I'm going to leave it at that. I will just read one little portion of the comment. It was a exchange back and forth on the original tweet and somebody chimed in and said, "Well, Dell Jr. works for NBC, so that's not happening. Jeff Gordon is already up there. Tony Stewart will never be in the booth even though it would be gold." LOL and then it says Kevin's Still got five good years left in him, I think. Until then, Mike Joy, Jeff Gordon, and Larry Mack is my pick. And they were referring to Kevin Harvick in this Twitter exchange. Somebody said that Larry Mack should fill in. I like Larry Mack, but I don't want to see Larry Mack and Mike Joy together on the show. That's just me. And I will just go far as far as adding this. Can we get a little bit of diversity? But I already know that's probably never going to happen, but it would be great. And when I say diversity, and this may be, you know, against popular belief, and I'm not necessarily talking about an African-American or a Hispanic, I'm just talking about something fresh, a perspective that's not the cookie cutter, oh my God, NASCAR could do no wrong blah 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 like it's a lot of ass kissing i'm not i didn't even let it slip out i'm just gonna say it's a lot of ass kissing that goes on in nascar where people are afraid to say how they really feel yeah because their fear of losing a whole bunch of stuff and personally i just think that the sport would be better off if you add some diversity whether it's somebody of color or maybe african-american or hispanic just something that's different. Now, yeah. and when I say that, like I thought NBC did a horrible job when they brought in Otto Bolton because oh, he just man, had no awful. relationship to the sport. Like, what is you talking about, man? This has nothing to do with anything.
0: That won't nothing but a check for my man. That's it. <laughs> I hate to say that. I mean, but it's I'm true. not mad at
2: him for taking the job nah, I mean, didn't even his get profile, your money, but I'm mad like, at them for doing it. But yeah. it's just like just something different. There you go on that note, if we can note. go on, we don't talk a lot today again, even though we were like, "Oh my God, we had such a great conversation last week. We said we were gonna cut it short this week, but it didn't work out like that. So here we are, one hour into the podcast again, and now it is time for some prediction. <laughs> It's time for Tammy Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who you got? <clears throat> All right. Well, Who you got me. for the Food City 500 at Bristol?
1: Oh, Bristol, here we go. Now, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I kind of want to say Denny Hamlin again, but I'm not going to go Denny Hamlin again. I'm going to say right now the guy that really just kind of uh, is sitting right uh, on my shoulder that, that I can see winning and going into victory lane. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott to get his win. I'm going to go with Chase Elliott in Bristol to get his win there. I just, maybe, maybe because you were hanging out with him and, and I kind of like Chase myself and you got to take pictures and you got to hang out and have dinner. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I just like the whole, uh, vibe and the conversation that you had earlier today. I'm feeling a little Chase Elliott, uh, this coming week at Bristol. So I'm going to go with Chase, uh, in victory lane this weekend. And if I have an alternative pick, well, I'm going to go with none other than Kevin Harvick. Maybe this might be the one that gets Kevin Harvick started. Maybe, maybe not. But all I know is that my alternative pick is going to be Kevin Harvick. And my guy to win at Bristol this weekend is going to be Chase Elliott.
2: Those are Renee's picks. And as he likes to say, he's sticking to them. Kenny, who you got? Who is going to take the checkered flag at Bristol this weekend?
0: All right. We're in the Coliseum at Bristol. I'm actually going to go with my main pick is Kyle Bush, the 2018 winner in the spring. I think he can do it again. That's a track he has favored. As a matter of fact, he swept that track a few times, winning all three races in the, um, and the, in the summer race. So he's, um, pretty solid there. I think he's a, a, easy pick, especially going out to Vegas. You can thank me later if you go and get Kyle Bush. I'm telling you, it's not a bad pick. And for my alternative pick, I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski, and the reason why I'm going with him, he mentioned that coming into this weekend, it was going to be like driving a World of Outlaw car, which is a lot of horsepower, which they're going to have 750, and a lot of downforce with the big wing and the bigger splitter this weekend, so I think he may be a shoe in to win, given that type of comment, and besides, Penske and Joe Gibbs have done nothing but dominate, and as a matter of fact, they've won all the races so far this season, so those are my picks. How about you, Miss Tam?
2: Well, technically they haven't won all the races. Oh no, actually no, they have. All seven. Kyle Bush too, Denny two, Brad yep. too, and Joey one. So yeah, so they have dominated. Okay, well before I give you guys my pick, I'm gonna give you a quick history lesson. It's been a while since we've talked history before our predictions. Here we go. We race twice a year at Bristol, typically in April, and the other race is in August. Obviously, that's all about the change, as we just discussed earlier, because next year there is going to be a huge schedule shakeup. As of the past, as in the past 10 winners, we had Kyle Busch in 2009, 2010, Jimmy Johnson, 2011, Kyle Busch, and I am actually only reading the first race of the year, if you guys were wondering. 2012, Brad Keselowski. 2013, Casey Kane, who just quietly rolled off in the sunset. We have not said his name all year. Cousin Carl Edwards was our winner in 2014. If you guys are following us at TurnsNoBrace on Twitter and Instagram, you saw that I was walking the halls of... The suites, because I actually spent a little bit of time of the race in the suites and came across a photo of Carl Edwards when he won at Texas. And I tweeted and most of you guys were very happy that I posted that photo of Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards. Uncle Cousin Carl Edwards also won the race in 2016 at Bristol. 2015 was Matt Kinzett. Oh my God, I miss Matt. I miss saying that name. My quiet assassin, where you at? Quietly in the Sunset. And of course, I skipped around. So now I'm going to 2017, your boy Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Seven Time, won the April race in 2017 at Bristol. And 2018, Kyle B, as in Kyle Busch, won at Bristol. And Kyle Busch actually has won the last three races at Bristol. He has a total of seven wins at Bristol. And guess who is next in line with wins in terms of current drivers? Okay. You're not going to guess because you're going to you're probably thinking Jimmy since I read his name a couple of times. But in fact, it's Kurt Busch, his brother. His brother has won six races or six cup races because, again, these are just cup. I didn't even go into anything other. I should have thought has about that. Six,
0: <laughs> I was huh? just watching the. I was just watching the 2002 race where he won. I was just watching that two days ago. That's crazy.
2: Well, Kurt has six wins in cup at Bristol and Kyle Bush has seven wins in cup at Bristol. That is your history lesson and my pick is very clear and easy. I'm rolling with Kyle Bush just because my man has been hot. That is my pick to win and my alternative is Denny Hamlin. Because Denny's on a mission. And if you guys can see me, I'm dancing. I'm like, what, Denny? <laughs> what, Kyle? <laughs> what, what, what? So those oh. are my picks. I'm on record. Kenny's on record. And Renee is on record because he is always honest. He's going to be honest with us. And that's who he got. There he is. One last thing before we close out the show and Renee gives you the spill. It's very important that you guys leave us a comment on iPhone, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. If you are listening through your iPhone, it takes you all of 30 seconds to say, we love the podcast. Don't leave us no negative comments. Keep your negative comments to yourself. (laughs) We want you to be honest, but sometimes, as we said with this whole article situation, sometimes you shouldn't say things but okay cool so that's all for me
1: all right well those are our picks and those are our suggestions to you to please just like tam said go and please rate review leave us a comment we really do appreciate that once again i always love uh, having kenny on the show kenny it's always nice to have you on our show we appreciate you coming on each and every week with us. We love your insight. We love your chemistry. It brings uh, just uh, life to our our podcast um, more than you know. And we always appreciate you uh, taking the time out to come and uh, be on our show. Thank you again so much. And thanks to all the fans and all the new fans, if we have new fans out there, uh, that are listening to All Turns, No Breaks. Once again, for Tim and for Front Row Kenny, this is Renee. And we will see you again next week on another episode of All Turns, No Breaks. The
2: Coliseum. Bye-bye.
0: It snowed on April 2nd. I don't know how.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Say bye, Renee. (laughs) 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 Bye-bye. Oh, my God. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee.